Hello, and welcome to the Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming news and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 52nd episode in a weekly series called Gray Area Special Edition. Here with me today is my co-host, Dave, uh, for whom I have a very special introduction, and I want you to hear that today. Great. Yes, and this very special introduction was created for you by our friend Rabbit at Rabbit's Ramblings, and I have one for for like the next million podcasts. <laughs> They're all nice. different and just special for you. The Gray Area Podcast has a new co-host, and he doesn't threaten the safety of the mission, does he, Dave? Dave, what are you doing? Dave... Daisy. Daisy. <laughs> Minor malfunction. Yes. Did you like that? Yes, that was amazing. Yes. They're all very it. fun. I can't wait every week that to put one on. All right. So back to the discussion. Last week's episode was a discussion about gaming news, mods, and we introduced Dave and other random topics. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that and to tell me your story. Today is Sunday, February 5th, and today we celebrate the one-year anniversary of the Gray Area in Style. Congrats. Yeah. So let's start with News of the Week. News of the week. Let's start with your news of the week. Don't tell me you're working either, because I don't want to hear that. What else is going on for you? <laughs> it was my birthday. I know. <laughs> tell me all about it. Um, actually, it was uneventful. Might have <sighs> been tearing my back up. Um, no, uh, everybody, my uh, niece and nephew, they had basketball and everything was going on. Bev had to work and, and all kinds of stuff was going on. So it was pretty much Bev's birthday just how it happens to be Wednesday. I know. How did you work week. that out? I, it was weird, right? <laughs> and uh, so we're going to end up doing the whole birthday thing all together at once. So okay. it, uh, that'll that'll be this coming week. So that should be be a lot of fun. We're actually her birthday is Wednesday, but we're actually doing the birthday stuff on Friday night. So hmm. that'll be uh, that'll be entertaining. And um, I've been playing Skyrim like crazy. Um, you know that game. I bought it and never really got into it. I played it for about five minutes once. I'm like, yeah, that's slow. <laughs> and so I got out of it. Well, then the other day, just by some fluke, I started playing it again, and I was like, wow, this game is amazing. And I actually killed my first dragon the other day, which Sweet. was crazy. Now tell uh, us, have you been hurt with butter knives like recently? What's going on? No, no butter knives. No, uh, I, actually, I, uh, what did I do? I, oh, no, when that was when I killed the dragon, I got that, uh, that shout. Yes, and, and I walked up and and I was shouting at the at the guards that were with me when when I actually got it. You know, I was shouting at them and they're like, "Whoa!" You know, and they weren't doing anything else. Well, then I go back up into what is that Winterfall or whatever the town is, <laughs> and, and I go stumbling up in there and the guards are like, "Oh, what's going on?" And I go, "Whoa!" And I shouted at them. And they're like, "Oh yeah, nope, stab." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, wait, no, I'm supposed to do that." <laughs> no, you're not. And then what what was even worse about it was the fact that I hadn't saved after killing the dragon. 
know. so I had to go all the way back and do it again. But, well, uh, that's yeah. randomly spawned, so you you better be careful because there's been times when I've done the same thing and I've died, and then I restart and dragon doesn't show. Go like, up, yeah. So, needless to say, after every dragon I kill, I go, oh, F five. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've been I've been playing that and uh, working and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Oh, and then Wednesday I uh, or Thursday night I. Uh, was helping a friend load something into the back of her van and tore my back up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and then I did went, uh, did went. I did go and see uh, Friday. I took Friday off, and uh, a friend of mine, um, about an hour south of here, open uh, runs a uh, movie theater. So he's uh, he's been uh, gracious enough to let me uh, come down and uh, pillage some of their old movie posters. And, uh, I've gone, I went through there and I picked up quite a few, uh, got some to give away on the podcast and, uh, Yay. some like duplicates and stuff like that. <laughs> we're um, not above bribery. No, but, we're yeah. not. But, uh, also, uh, set through some movies. I went and saw Chronicle. Uh, oh, what did you think? Cause I thought those kids could get annoying after a while in the preview. That those I are actually, the psychic kids, right? It, well, it's not necessarily psychic. They, they pick up some, Kind of like crazy powers, mm-hmm. and uh, from something that's buried underneath. It's a, I don't know how it got there. They didn't really go into detail, um, but they ended up getting powers off this thing, and they can do all kinds of crazy stuff, move things, and and do all kinds of stuff, fly, and everything like that. And I won't give too much of it away, but it was uh, it was I actually really liked it. Um, I haven't talked to anybody that hasn't liked it. Hmm. Uh, Raven Raven loved it. Um, my friend Dan went and saw it and he liked it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. I recommend uh, the listeners if they haven't seen it yet to uh, go check it out. It was really good. Okay. Very good. I also thought I, I wanted to go see that movie about the bounty hunter with, um, who is a girl in ER that everybody despises? Catherine Heigl. Catherine yeah. Heigl is the bounty hunter girl who kind of stumbles into the business. And I guess it's kind of a, I think it's based on a true story. Her exploits, learning how to be a bounty hunter. And I don't remember what it's called right now, but I kind of thought about seeing that. I don't know if anyone saw that. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, from the previews that I saw when I was down there as well, um, there's a new movie that's getting ready to come out. It's called Act of Valor. That looks amazing. It's a, it's almost like a real life, uh, like Battlefield 3 or like, like Call of Duty or something like that. Um, but it actually has real life, like SEALs, Navy SEALs in it that are, that are in the SEALs that are acting in this movie. It's, Uh. it's, it's like they've actually taken real life military people and put them in this movie. It looks so good. Neat. Yeah. And it's coming out in March, I think it said. I I should have written down the written down the date, but yeah, sometime in March, I think it said. Very good. Uh, a note on the Skyrim that you were talking about earlier. Last week, I had complained about the fact that I couldn't become the head of the Thieves Guild because Skyrim 1.4 patch wasn't out and wasn't supposed to be out till May. And then, of course, pretty much the second I said that, they released 1.4 <laughs> for yeah. the PZ just to prove me wrong. So uh, that's obviously misinformed about that. So it did come out this week for the PC and is set to be released shortly for the PS3 and the Xbox. I did look through the patch notes and there were a lot of things that were fixed, quest quest things that were fixed as well as some lag issues and other stuff. And I think that I saw that quest and I have to go back and check to see to see if I can still continue the Thieves Guild. But that would make me very happy. Since I haven't played it much, I haven't really ran into anything that I've noticed that seemed real buggy. Um... But, uh, 
but yeah, just just due to the fact that I haven't played it very much, I think that's probably why. Um, I know a lot too many things. Yeah, I know a lot of people that jumped into it when it first came out had some issues, but I think because I'm kind of slow getting into it, it's they're probably getting a lot of that stuff fixed. The thing that's still there that kind of bothers me is when you try to tap out of the game, you actually, if you're in Steam, if you're in the PC version, you actually have to hit your shift tab to bring up the Steam overhead menu, and then you can hit the start key to get back to your main desktop. And then when you go back in, you can't just, you know, click on the little icon of Skyrim. It'll just give you a black screen. So you have to click on the icon, go back out, click on the icon again. It's like a special dance. You have to figure it out. It's like a, you know, tap three times, turn around, touch your head, then you can get back in. It's a very weird thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know. I noticed a lot of it's, and I don't think it's even necessarily that game, but I know some, uh, quite a few of the Steam games have a real, real way, weird way of getting out of it. Yes. To, to getting them uh, to actually get back into them. So. I'm playing a little Firefall again myself, and I can't say again much about that game other than I've played a match or two, and and I have to say someone who's not used to the first-person shooters, like, the more I play them, the more I feel like I have, like, first-person shooter Tourette's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sitting there talking to people, and I'll be on, you know, the headset talking to people on Skype who aren't playing. And this happens to my friends, too. They do this. Like, so how are you doing? Oh, yeah, the family's great. What the hell are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then they go back. Yep, yep, we went to the mall today. Oh, my gosh. It's like every three seconds they start yelling at the people in the game. Or, and I do that, too. I find myself doing that, too. It's like yeah. a, a weird thing that happens when you play PvP. Oh, uh, Dungeon Defenders. I uh, downloaded all the uh, new uh, downloadable content for that game as well. Oh, what do you um, think about that? Two, I lo- that game... I'm telling you, I got it for two bucks. I mean, now it's like I got it on sale. It's it's regularly. I think it's like eleven ninety nine or something like that. But it is so much fun. I mean, just for a cheesy. I'm not saying that as a bad in a bad way, but it's it's so it's so simple. You just build up protection around your your uh, that you have a crystal that you have to protect. And in each, you have a like a mage, uh, a monk, a, a warrior, and each one of them has different barriers that they can put up around this thing to stop the monsters from getting to it. Mm-hmm. And it's fun playing it by yourself, but when you get four people playing it, when you have because you can play up to four players, and when you're playing with three of your buddies, you can play it for hours and hours and hours and the time just flies by and you're like, wow, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> is I, it, is it versus the computer or are you against each other when you're playing with it? The people? computer. Yeah. Oh. You're, you're against the computer. And I haven't had this much fun since back in the early raiding days when we used to like raid Kara and stuff. And wow, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's so much fun and you get, and what's cool about it is the fact that, if you get three high enough level characters and say you have a friend that's like a lobby, he can still get in there and you can level him like nobody's business to get up to where he can actually play with you guys. Hmm. It's, 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 it's great. Nice. Well, I should mention that uh, we're actually playing, we're actually recording this during the Super Bowl. And, uh, I don't know if you're really into the Super Bowl, but I feel really bad <laughs> because I did set this time and then later on realized that the Super Bowl was on. So, I'm sorry. you know, I, the don't be. I, I have zero, I hate the Patriots with every ounce of my being. <laughs> and the Giants, I mean, they're the Giants. I, yes or no, it doesn't really matter. So, I mean, I'm not watching it. 
<clears throat> I mean, it's I uh, the, the I would have probably watched it for the uh, the commercials, commercials, but I've seen a bunch of the commercials online already. So I'm gonna look them up afterwards because I like yeah. those too. Yeah, the uh, I think so far the one I've seen I've seen I've seen two that I really liked, and that was uh, I can't remember what car commercial it was for. It was a car commercial, but it had Motley Crue in it, and <laughs> it was uh, the Sandman comes in and sprinkles like. Oh yes, I saw that, and then sprinkles a little bit of dust on the lady. Yeah. And she's screaming about being on a horse and stuff, and then the dude's like walking over to the guy to sprinkle some on him, and he ends up stumbling and dumps the whole thing of of uh, sleeping dust on the guy, and he ends up dreaming about Motley Crue, and he's driving this car really fast and stuff, and it was so so good. <laughs> and then the and then the whole uh, Ferris Bueller uh, commercial. Yes. I I think I like I posted on Facebook. I said I suddenly want a Honda. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just so, so good. But what's even, what's bad about it is, uh, some of my, well, Ashley's friends and stuff had seen it and they're like, I don't get it. Cause they haven't seen Ferris I'm Bueller. Like, Crazy kids. Yeah, yeah. It's a dated commercial for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you shouldn't be advertising for people that are younger than, you know, 18 who could actually, like, reasonably afford a car. Especially a Honda. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much what I've uh, what I've been doing this week. So okay, well, my understanding is that the Twisted Metal demo came out this week, and that the actual release is February fourteenth. So I know people were very excited about the new Twisted Metal for twenty twelve. Yeah, and the Mass Effect three demo comes out February fourteenth. So excited! Yeah. Oh, um, Friday, uh, Saturday is or Saturday Sunday. Um, well be podcasting i hope uh will be done by then but uh the uh season uh mid-season premiere of the walking dead is next sunday so oh what time is that it's i'll have to check i think it's seven central i think <laughs> the so. gray area podcast fine <laughs> to move ourselves around the schedule for the walking dead it's yeah. cool <laughs> yeah exactly but they have a new show coming out too it's uh uh what's it called comic men or something like that it's uh or Men of Comics or something, I can't remember, but it's a, it's, it's a show that's, uh, that follows Kevin Smith's comic book store. And it's all about comics and people buying and selling and stuff like that. It's not like, it's not like Pawn Stars or anything like that, but it's like a reality show just based around Kevin Smith's comic book store. How exciting could that be? I, I saw a commercial <laughs> about it. It looks pretty good. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, they're following him around, too, and they're talking about different things and stuff like that. So okay. it, it probably won't last, but it looks pretty interesting. My experience with comics, and obviously biased and don't have tons of comics myself, is buy a comic, get very excited, come home, take it very carefully out of the, you know, clear sleeve, Read it two minutes, set it down, look disappointed. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I'm like it's over. Just yeah. bought it two minutes. It's over. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I uh, I don't necessarily buy the comics, the single issues. I buy the trades, the oh, trade okay. paperbacks, because you get like seven or eight in a in a copy of one trade, so you can read through a lot of it and uh, and get an idea. That's like um, the the Walking Dead and stuff. Uh, they have one, I think they call it the compendium or something like that. I think it's got like 48 comics in one book. It's about as thick as a phone book. See, that I could get behind. Yeah, and you can read through like the first 48 versions of it. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I think I've even actually seen it for like 15 bucks on, uh, 
on uh, Amazon. So. Okay. See, there are a lot of online comics that I follow, like Least I Can Do, Looking for Group, uh, Questionable Content, and one of them's Earth Song. And I have such a love-hate relationship with Earth Song because uh, Crystal Yates only updates like once every four weeks or something like that. And that just drives me insane when you have one page of a story and it's something you want to read more of and then you have to wait for like a month. And you're like, ah, I can't take that, no. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's... There was, uh, I did get into Raven's, uh, fly. I got, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was buying the first issues of that as well as theater because, I mean, all the, all the stuff that I've gotten from Zenoscope have pretty much been trade paperbacks. But when Raven's stuff came out, I actually started buying the, the single cop or single, uh, volumes just due to the fact that I wanted to see it and I wanted to read it so bad. <laughs> so instead of waiting, and I actually bought, uh, I actually bought the first, uh, uh, the first single volumes as well, and then I bought the uh, I bought his trade paperback also. So nice. Okay, yeah. let let me focus back on the gaming, or else I'm gonna fly oh, off. Sorry, no, 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 you're not. No, nothing to be sorry about. I'm just saying, uh, because we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, sure. We have a lot of people to listen to, and it'll be really fun. Sweet. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Forgotten World Crystal Beta, that uh, Crystal Saga. It is. They they packaged it like it was Forgotten World, which got me very excited, but it's actually not. It's called The Crystal Saga. It's an anime-style MMORPG, and I tried it out. It's a browser-based MMO. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was kind of cute. Uh, it looks a lot like if you've ever played uh, Four Swords, Legend of Zelda. It's kind of little little guys. They're kind of elfish guys, and um, you can be one of five classes, and two specializations, and you can fly from 1 to 20. I mean, it's really addictive. Um, everybody's in there, and you can get wings and do battles and PvP and stuff, but it's something to check out if you're ever bored and you just have a browser available, Crystal Saga. It's kind of neat. I, I probably shouldn't tell uh, some of the guys at work about that, because most of the ports and everything have been blocked for for gaming mm-hmm. but if it's a, if it's if it's a if it's browser based they can get in it there you go and, and so they'll be on it constantly <laughs> it's a bit addictive like i said you can really fly through there and you get to train your pets to battle with you um oh nice yeah and the graphics are cute and of course everybody wants the special blue wings not the white wings so that's something i'm sure you have to <laughs> pay for in some way sure. i'm sure they get their money out of it somehow yeah yeah, there was, uh, I cannot remember what the name of it was that, uh, one of my friends was playing about six, seven years ago that was a browser based game and he'd be sitting at work and one of the guys at work actually got fired for playing it because they, they played it so much. Oh, probably Farmville, so, right? No, it wasn't Farmville. It wasn't Farmville. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't an MMO. It was just like, uh, you had a character and then a monster would come in and you'd fight it and stuff like that and it was, I never actually messed with it because I figured if I started playing it at work, I'd get fired. So I just ignored it. I never really did actually play it. So uh, One of the big stories this week is about Terra, which is a pretty big game going to be released this year. May 1st, it's supposed to be released. And the big, the big news about Terra, NCSoft has had some trouble with... I guess you would call piracy. There are several former NCSoft employees who used to work on the Lineage 3 game. Uh, they quit 
they quit NCSoft to go into business for themselves, and they formed a company called Blue Hole Studio. But the problem is that when they quit, they, quote, made off with copious amounts of confidential and proprietary NCSoft info, computer software, hardware, and artwork relating to Lineage 3. Mm. Yes. And then they all got together and decided that they were going to form a new game, and it was going to look exactly like uh, this called Terra. <laughs> And the former employees were convicted in Korea and convicted oh, wow. in several other places. Um, and the, the current suit against them is, quote, U.S. version of Terra makes use of NSOF's trade secrets, including documents, source code, artwork, and how to related uh, to the development of Lineage 3 and copyrighted works for Lineage 3. And it's, a, it's pretty obvious if you look at the artwork and the animation and the way the characters fight that this is pretty much a direct ripoff of Lineage 3. Wow. That's crazy. It is. And so Terra's having a bad time because because of this lawsuit and and the fact that NCSoft is trying to recover some of their proprietary stuff. Um, But also, Terra just had some news about it saying that they will be blocking IPs from Asia, Africa, Russia, and the Middle East uh, that connect to the North American servers. So they're, they're going to limit their MMO very uh very appreciably i guess yeah. wow and their quotes on that and their reasoning for it was while they appreciate their players in these regions who would enjoy playing on the in-mass servers it's unfortunate the ma- vast majority of internet traffic we f- see from these regions are from cyber criminals <laughs> they're, they're basically saying like if you live in the middle east asia africa or russia that you're most likely a cyber criminal so we <laughs> We cannot allow you to be uh, your gold farmer, a thief, so we can allow you to be on our servers. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about that? That's People that are going to do that stuff are going to do it anyway. You know, I mean, they're going to get around it. Well, it's pretty easy to make yourself look like you're coming in from another area. Uh, it yeah, it's IP spoofing and everything else. I mean, it's 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 a waste of time. I mean, sure, there's going to be people do it. There's going to be people here that do it. So, I mean, you might as well take the money that from people that are going to actually subscribe and pay if they're there, you know. There's something needs to be done about it, but they're not going to stop it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not saying I condone it at all. I don't do it. Don't lock down your stuff for people that actually want to play your game for legitimate customers who want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to just like World of Warcraft. They monitor that or just like Blizzard, I mean. They they monitor that stuff. And they ban accounts for it. Do the same thing. Right, individuals know? rather than groups. Exactly. Yeah, don't don't block a country because of, and I'm saying a handful, it's pretty much a handful of people that are doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, you're pretty much just shooting yourself in the foot despite the fact. So, okay. I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> okay, you're crazy. But Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. Uh, yes, I know you are, but it's a good kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Bungie completes their Halo handover to the company Microsoft's 343 Industries on March 31st, which means that Bungie will no longer be updating or having really anything to do with Halo because Microsoft's going to take it over. So yeah. the, all historical Halo data will leave Bungie, and I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Um well, they're, they're at work on Halo 4 already. I mean, yeah, 343 is already doing that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are still playing playing Halo and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's it's to the point where I think they should just 
move on to something else. I mean, it's okay. like Gears of War. I mean, they, <laughs> yes. they, they, these, the, the people are like, okay, look, we've pretty much ran this thing, ran its, let this thing run its course. Let's, let's switch over and try to do something else. And being a, I mean, if you want to keep it a first person shooter, you can do it with another first person shooter. You know, well, they I mean, are actually. Their next title that they're doing is going to be published by Activision, and it's it's a mystery game. Um, it's set to run on Tiger, which is their their new engine that they've developed. So I guess yeah. they are moving on. They're just saying, okay, we're done with the past Halo. We're going to turn it over to someone else and go on to something else. Yeah, what I mean in Tiger, what the hell? Are they, I mean, are they trying to steal the, Mac OS? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what are they doing? It's a snow out? leopard it's, tiger. Oh God, the first time they they name it something like some crap like ice cream sandwich, I'm going to sell my Xbox. <laughs> you know, I'll just be like yeah. PS3. It is. <laughs> yeah, why can't I we want- name it something like like I don't know, tiny and innocuous like. Like mole, yeah. or I guess that sounds too sinister, like a hacker. Something like less obnoxious than that. What the ferret? It's yeah, ferret, it's, our new codenamed engine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. I don't know how these people come up with these names of the software. It's crazy. <laughs> Just call it version one point You know, come on, version <laughs> two, three, four, five, six. You know, come right. on, three sixty seven twenty. Yeah, we've heard it all before. The new fabled white lightsaber, and I guess I shouldn't say fabled because there has been one scene, uh, has been spotted in Star Wars The Old Republic. It's a new item to covet, and one top-level player has been seen with the white saber, as they say, and it sparked a galaxy-wide hunt for this. Uh, <laughs> and they're all like after this guy. His name is Catch, to try to find out uh, how he's gotten this and, and try to find out, like if any new info is coming from him. So uh, apparently it's a rare drop from one of Alderaan's world bosses. So if you, huh. which means most of us will never see it because, uh, that's a seriously large group, uh, raid that you have to do to get together for that. Yeah. But there yeah. you go. Sweet. And now for the fun anti news part, we're finished with the news. Let's celebrate the one year anniversary with some really cool uh, listener stories that people have sent in on their very favorite gaming moment. And before we do that, I have a Facebook question that uh, has been posted to you. And I've answered it in a, in a short interview I have later on with Josh. But people want to know how we met and how how we ended up being friends and why you chose to be on as a co-host. So I'm going to let you decide how you want to answer that, but that's been mentioned. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, I saw, um, I saw somebody posted that question on our, uh, on our, on our Facebook page or on your Facebook page. I guess. It's ours. It, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so if I remember correctly, it was through geek bits the other podcast that I'm on, um, they got to talking to you back and forth and we actually had you on the podcast and mm-hmm. we started talking and, and hit it off really well. I mean, me and, 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 uh, Tinsian hit it off really well and we started talking and stuff off the podcast and, and, uh, stuff like that. And then, uh, I, I set in on a couple of podcasts with you and, and, um, we did the, the Dungeons Dragons online and or not online, but uh, the Death Before uh, Death Before Dishonor, mm-hmm. and um, and then when we actually met, we uh, met down in uh, Atlanta at, yeah, Dra- yeah. at Dragon Con for the first time. We actually met uh, in person, and uh, yeah, I mean it's 
it's been a hell of a ride. I mean, I love you guys. It's great talking to you and hanging out with you guys, and it's been great. It has been great. It was just one of those I thought we connected kind of things. And Yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, it's always been fun to have you on the show sporadically, and I I kind of thought, you know, you need to be a part of this more permanently. So Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked me because I love doing it. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, there you go, listeners. That's why. Now, let's uh, hear from Dear Skaggy. Has not done a segment this week, but he's given us his favorite gaming moment. So let's listen to Skaggy, and uh, then you and I can talk about it. Hello, Skaggy the Poet here. Pleased to congratulate Jen and the Grey Area Podcast on reaching episode number 52. Um, No poem, just a simple reminiscence of my favourite gaming moment, which happened on the Saturday, just gone, at approximately 9.05pm, when I capped my Sith Marauder in Star Wars. Big deal, you're saying? What sort of great gaming moment is that? Well, it's a great moment to me because it's the first character I ever capped. Yes, I'm a lazy old poet. And don't I just know it. Ha ha ha, see? Impromptu poetry. How about, I capped a tune and I like it. No? Okay. Well, anyway, big shout out again to Gent for letting me record rubbish for her cast. And here's to the next 52 episodes. <laughs> that was great. There we go. <laughs> Skaggy. That was amazing. That is a big moment when you cap your tune. Yeah. Yep. I, You know, I haven't been in, in Star Wars lately. I need to get back into it. I haven't it's... done anything in it this week either. I'm not rushing. Yeah, but it's... Uh... It's a lot of fun. I mean, from what I did play it, it is fun, um, but I got Skyrim going for me, so, you know, that's going to take my time now, so. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let's hear from our friend Lisa, who was kind enough, and I think this is a big step for her, because she's not, she doesn't have, like, Rabbit has his own, uh, you know, podcast, and Skaggy has his own segment, and, you know, obviously we have a podcast too, but... This is somebody who doesn't have a podcast who is brave enough to download and record something for us, so I was impressed. Nice. A few years ago, myself and a few friends started playing Dungeons & Dragons online together. We formed a guild and we'd meet up a few nights a week to quest together. My partner, who has always been more interested in watching me play games and play herself, would sit and watch us running around the dungeons, throwing in the odd suggestion and generally laughing at us dying. One night we were lamenting the fact that we didn't have a rogue to help out with a particular mission that had some nasty traps. And she turned round and announced that she would roll a rogue character to help us out. Within two weeks she was signed up as a VIP and she now has nearly 20 characters over three servers. So I guess you could say that my most memorable gaming moment is when I turned my non-gaming partner into a DDO addict. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know what's funny? I I have done the same thing. I mean, when WoW really? came out, a couple of my friends were like, we will never, ever buy a game that we have to pay for a subscription to. <laughs> and I did it with, with EverQuest back in NOM. And uh, then I ended up, uh, get, I quit playing that. And one of my friends at work played WoW. And I'm like, I will never play that. And I saw him playing it one night. And I'm like, eh, best buy trip, here we come. And uh, so I went out and bought it, and I started playing it, and then four of my friends were the same way. They're like, look, we're not doing it. They come over, and they saw it. They're like, oh, can we? let's go to Best Buy. 
Mm-hmm. So we all went out to Best Buy and picked it up, and and they are hardcore WoW addicts now. I mean, they uh, three of them still play it nightly. I mean, nightly. They get home and they play it. They raid. They do the whole thing. Um, one of the other guys is kind of like me. He's like, oh, you know, I'll get into it every so often and and get the anchor hankering to play it, and they'll play it for we'll we'll play it for a while and be like, okay, let's go off and do something else. So. Okay, so let's hear from Rabbit, who also sent us one. And he knows how much I love, uh, he has the pirates on his podcast. Um, and they, they're famous for saying a phrase that I think is really funny, where he does it in his pirate's voice and he says, you know, who doesn't like a little booty now and then? <laughs> I think it's really funny. So, so in honor of my love for his pirates, he's recorded us a pirate themed, well, it's really a, a pirate themed, Happy birthday wish, not a gaming moment per se, but still very cool. Ahoy there, all the pirates of Jackrabbit Cove to be wishing the Grey Area podcast a happy birthday. Happy birthday. We do be wanting you to know that the galleon is bringing you a shipment of cake, rum, and ice cream. We ate the ice cream. Sorry. And the rum. Well, there, there'll be plenty of cake left. No, we just got word the ship's been sunk. Well, I guess nothing then. But we wish you a happy birthday nonetheless. Ha ha ha. That is amazing. <laughs> yes. That is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, there's super fun intros in store for you in the future. Yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> and we've had our friend Josh slash Allen of Tech Talk on to do a little interview with me. He's been wanting to do for a while. And also we have Tinzian to tell us his favorite gaming moment. So a few more people, uh, including our friend Daniel. I also have uh, clips of later on. And now we get a chance to fulfill Josh's fondest dream, where he gets to interview George Lucas. <laughs> and we'll explain what that's all about. Okay, well, the genesis of this George thing started, I, I can't really exactly remember where. It was back when Genesis started the gray area, and I think I, I think it kind of played off her editing and stuff like that, and she was obsessed with, oh, the podcast has got to be under 15 minutes long, you know, it can't be any longer than this, we've got to cut this out, we got to cut this, we got to redub his voice because I didn't like his take. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Tinsian, I'm sorry, but you you got to redo it. we got to do faster, more intense. <laughs> faster, faster, more, more intense. More intense. And, you know, then she kind of had this, or Genesis had this kind of, you know, thing, well, oh, I have to edit this tightly because if, if it's over 15 minutes long, <laughs> no one's going to listen to it. And so, you know, I just kind of called George after that because she reminded me of George Lucas. You know, she's, she's very protective of her, of her work. You know, she's very aggressive on editing. You know, things have to be done her way or it's the highway. <laughs> At least I think that's how it started out. I mean, it could be something differently, but. I think that's, that's true. I think when I edited down our hour and a half to 15 minutes, Josh, that's probably why you started calling me that. Well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's how it started from what I remember. I mean, 
sometimes my memory is foggy, but I think that was the genesis right there. So for those of you who are confused why I'm calling her George, you know, it's a reference to George Lucas and the, this is the mock interview. Back to you, George. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, uh, so George, I- I've actually heard, um, I was actually reading the other day in- on MSN that you're talking, you're thinking about retiring because people were, uh, insulting you for your Star Wars movies. Now, you want to talk about that a little bit? Or, uh, right, integrate? right, right. Well, uh, Josh, if I might call you Josh. That's fine. Uh, in the last three, we have three generations now of Star Wars fans, if you think about this. We have the Up to New Hope, generation of Star Wars fans uh, who have very distinct memories of their childhood. And that group of, of Star Wars fans really hates uh, the new Star Wars with Jar Jar, especially Jar Jar. They very much hate uh, those three series of videos because they have fond memories of their childhood and how, you know, the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, the, how that should be. And it's not right in their eyes that we've changed it for these next three movies and made it a little more modern. So we have the two generations who are head-to-head clashing, you know. And then we have this third generation who watches uh, The Clone Wars, the the animated series on TV, mm-hmm. and they only know the Clone Wars. They haven't seen any of the movies, so they they know only Star Wars through that perspective. So everyone, I think, has a nostalgia for for the these the movies that they saw as children, and they they don't have a tolerance for the others. But you know, it's a big galaxy, Josh, and we all need to get along and just accept that we can have Jar Jar, and we can have the Clone Wars, and we can have the Ewoks. All in the same universe. Okay, well, okay, that's that's fine with me, George. But I do got to tell you, I'm really disappointed with your decision to kill Jango Fett in, in episode two. I, I do got to tell you that, George. I'm really disappointed by that because I mean, he was a good character, and you just kind of did some terrible writing and really killed him off for no per, no particular reason. I think you could have done it a lot better. But well, that, well, Josh, Boba is a direct clone of Jango. Jango, so it's not like you're not going to see him again. I mean, it is his exact genetic duplicate. He has a different outfit, but, you know. Well, well, each to his own. So, playing off that, George, uh, so are you going to officially retire, or are you you just going to maybe go do something else? Well, I think all three generations have have built a mutual hate for me because of their differences. And, frankly, uh, when the aliens come, I I don't care if everybody who has this this issue ends up not being saved. So, you know, when the aliens come, I'm going to go into my ranch, uh, my special bomb shelter in the ranch, and where I have food that I've stored up, Twinkies and such, for the next three years, and I'm going to be fine. But I'm only going to let in those who, uh, who can agree with my Star Wars vision. Yeah, like Ben Burt and all your other buddies. <laughs> Spielberg is still on the fence. We're not sure if we're going to save him. So, yeah, so you really thought all this up, George, haven't you? Wow. Yeah. So- I have a lot of time, you know, after I wrote my book. Um, and, I, you know, I'm doing a new film that just came out recently. Um, but, you know, other than that, I've, I've had a few years to sit and think about this. I hope you enjoyed our mockumentary 
And before I resume with an actual interview, I'm going to take a few minutes to hear from our friend Tinsian about his favorite gaming moment. My favorite gaming moment probably is mm. finally picking up uh, Bioshock 2 a couple weeks ago and finishing that. Um, as far as this year, I believe that's that's been my favorite one. Uh, overall, I think it's largely been the enormous enjoyment of RPG games, uh, be they the MMOs or the, the Mass Effects or the Dragon Ages and so forth. Hmm. You know, that's surprising to me, the Bioshock 2. I, I think you chose the good, good option for that. I think it just worked out that way. Um, I wound up saving all the little sisters, and I wasn't even aware that there was multiple endings beyond, you know, maybe the the little sisters don't reward you if you harvest them. But even in Bioshock 1, which I still haven't finished, uh, I don't think that there's... You know, I didn't know if there was an option there. I think if you harvest the little sisters, you get the evil option. By yeah. One. But, you know, it was it was fun. I went back and just had that hankering. and It was nice to be able to just open up Steam and be able to start playing it and have a couple hours to finish it. And it was really well worth the time. Tinsian also wanted it noted that for the birthday episode, he did his very best to try to attain his 52nd faction in World of Warcraft, but was not able to do so. So that was his effort towards the 52nd episode, birthday episode. So thanks for that effort anyway, Tinsian, and that's really cool, and you also suck. And now let's hear from a new friend, Kevin, who has also been kind enough to send in a MP3 for us today of his favorite gaming moment. Hey, Genesee, this is Kevin from the Super Number One podcast, and I saw your thing to tell you our favorite uh, video game moment, and boy, there's been a lot. Um, World of Warcraft has had a ton all by itself, but you know I'll do that. that. That would take too long. I think actually the one that sticks with me the most is uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night actually getting 200.6% map completion. That was quite an amazing moment. Uh, just because I think that's the number one game that I've spent time on, apart from WoW, especially for a side-scroller. But those types of games are the best. I mean, there's a lot of that in also Super Metroid, if you remember that one. That game also had that same kind of quality. Um, but those are the best moments, the moments of discovery or, you know, completing something like a giant map, you know, exploring everything on the map. So those are always my favorite moments. Uh, love the show. Keep it up. And Yeah. Talk to you later. And Daniel joins us again to talk about his gaming moment as well. And I'll share a little story of our co-op play in Fable 3. Don't get technical with me. Okay, so we're here with our friend Daniel, who has been kind enough to join us again. And uh, just kind of want to ask you as well what your favorite video game moment is. And then I just want to catch up and see if there's anything uh, exciting that you're doing that you want to share. But first... Video game moment. What's your favorite video game moment? Um, video game moment. I think, I think it was when we were playing Fable Three. <laughs> um, yeah, you remember. <laughs> and we were so um, unfair. We were running around Aura, and uh, I think that's what it's called, Aura, the desert place. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. I'm not taking you back there though. <laughs> um, and. I managed to successfully save the world from 
the darkness thing that was trying to consume everyone. Yeah, you are the Jesus of Fable 3. We, we all know. I, I really fine. was. I really was. And uh, I was running around and people were just giving me guild seals and, you know. <laughs> if everyone in the town could have high-fived you, they would have. They were, yeah, like, throwing was- you golden stars of happiness. Gold, gold and happiness, and then you're sort of just following around. It's like a trail of slutty women following you around. People <laughs> and then what happens? Um, one of my followers decides to turn around and mock you. <laughs> Randomly, for no reason. Randomly. I didn't do anything to her. No, but the, what you what you did after she said it, yeah, you did something, yeah. Um, turns around and she mocks you, and... You just decide that you don't like my world anymore and start killing my people. <laughs> I thought she needed a beheading. She needed a smackdown for that. I don't think you. I don't think you have the right to say who gets beheaded in my world. <laughs> You're a visitor. It's true, but they should have been nicer to me. I shoot them in the leg. They don't need both legs. <laughs> don't need to kill them. Well, they had such a low opinion of me. I felt I had to reinforce it. <laughs> By killing <laughs> so I'm running through the town slaughtering your villagers. <laughs> and they're still, like, so thrilled with you. They're like, who are you with? She's like, awful. She's nasty. We hate her, but you're the best. We love you, the- Dragonites. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Fun for you. It was. We need to go back. We need to go back and finish off our female characters. Yeah, we did decide to do bad characters, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And we we never got very far. Shoot people in the face and whatnot. <laughs> it was a way for me to vent my rage at that incident. We had to create yeah, a evil character. I don't think it really worked out that well, did it? <laughs> you know, I I still don't know why they hated me. They just did. The second I was in your world, they were like, "Get out! He's ours. Go away!" I'm like, "I'm just walking here, people." <laughs> <laughs> Running it, taking their children inside. Don't look at the stranger. I know, they were so mean. I don't know why. I didn't do anything. I was beloved in my own world. <laughs> Not in your world, apparently. No, I've, I've trained them well. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I have my own personal army now. <laughs> Alright. Tell everyone if you're up to anything exciting that you'd like to share. Um, well, I've graduated my... Uh, games design course, so I'm now a full-fledged game designer with a piece of paper to tell other people just that I am, I guess. So that means you're uh, making coffee? Yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful coffee. I could be a barista. Um, <laughs> you could be while well, you tell people the design of how that coffee maker works. I guess. The, the, the gamified version, like you've got to play Mario to, to make coffee. Let me give you a cinematic as I stir this, this <laughs> foam at the top of the coffee. And see, this is the mountain, and you have to walk. Cue epic Lord of the Rings music. Right. People are like, oh my god, making coffee is awesome! <laughs> um, other than that, I'm really just sort of working on one of my own designs at the moment, and I am looking for people to help me. Um, you know, other designers, if there are any listening... Um, programmers, that'd be nice as well. Um, well, tell them what you're doing because you're you're not like enticing me. You're saying I'm working on a project. It's so it's so vague. It could be like anything. Well, the project is secret. It's a secret project made made with secrets and, and candy and pixie farts. <sighs> okay. Well, so does that intrigue you? The fact that I can actually slightly. milk, I can actually get pixie farts for my project. Slightly. 
Yeah, it is. It's quite an intriguing process. Let me fill you in on how I do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of your coffee making. I know. I don't even want to know. No, the project that I'm working on is uh, sort of like a a top-down strategy game for um, iPod and Android. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at releasing it on Android before I do uh, iPod um, or iPhone or iOS, as other people say. But I'm not other people, so screw you. Um, okay. What else? Yeah, so I've like there's a project in the works, and it's it's got a lot of potential. Like I've I've got most of the design underway now. I just need people to come in and and start helping me put it together, so we can actually physically release it on the iOS and make some monies from it. Okay. So yep. whatever happened with the Save the Dingo project, or what, I don't know what it really was called, but I like to call it the Save the Dingo project. Which project was that one? Uh, something about, like, in- introduced animals into the oh, Australian oh, ecology oh. that shouldn't have been there, like dingoes. It, it flopped like pancakes. <laughs> oh, no. That doesn't sound oh, no. good. Pancakes are delicious, but they are floppy. That's true, When a project are. flops, it's not as delicious as pancakes. You use pancakes <laughs> to console yourself over the fact that the project flopped. Okay. It's good, a, good it's a vicious circle. I go for chocolate, but I could see pancakes would work, especially with syrup. Yeah, well, it's it, it's like a what do they call it? It's a figurative, um, a figurative. Oh, screw it! it, it <laughs> one thing is like the other. It is a comparison. And a of, metaphor. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I are smart. I has degree. Woo! Yes. Yes. Well, good. I hope uh, the project works out for Android, and even though I don't have an iPhone, I would still play it on my iPad, maybe? Yes. Well, hopefully, that's what I'm hoping to do it for, mostly. Like, tablets and stuff. Does it have anything angry in it? Like, birds or other mammals? Does it have a pig? No. Is there a groundhog? No. No. Uh... What other cute... Does it have a cat? Is there kittens? Is it, like, cute animals or mammals in, right. in any... No, no. No. Robots? Zombies? Mm. No. <laughs> Why do I want to play this? I don't really want to play this. What is it? That's quite... At the moment... At the moment, it's it's kind of a kingdom simulator, so you actually get to run your own kingdom. Okay. So, I don't really have units as of yet. I'm looking at putting combat in at a later date. Like a like a patch. Think of it like a a patch. Yeah, I'm patching it okay. with combat. There's this Later. empty world, and it's really beautiful. And then in two patches, there'll be some people in that world, and it'll be just awesome. Well, no, you 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 have to run your kingdom. It's just that the way that the game works doesn't really support like individual units as of yet. So, oh, I see. So it's more so, like a civilization kind of thing, or yeah, kind of like um, like Age of Empires. Think okay. of like Age of Empires, I guess. But you've got um, hex tiles. You know, do you know, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and you've got to explore and and gain resources and build your kingdom up to be really powerful and stuff. And by the time that people are doing that, I'll actually have combat in the game. Okay, but it, it'll all use you. yeah, it'll all use like real time. So. Um, you know, if you send um, one of your kingdom's agents on a quest, because there will be quests and quests are, will be implemented in the game, um, it will take you know fifteen minutes to accomplish 
as opposed to send it off and then come back 30 seconds later and get a reward. You actually, it does take time to do stuff. Okay. Very good. Well, that sounds see. Now I'm interested. So if anybody is uh, also into game design, programming, whatever kind of specifics you need. They can contact you and then you can contact me. Right, because that'll happen. Oh, I'm around. <laughs> I'm, you just don't talk to me. <laughs> I do not talk to you. <laughs> is that how we're playing it? I, I, missed, I missed messaging you the other day because I was playing Left 4 Dead with some friends. <laughs> okay. That's right, I have, I have friends. I do have Left 4 Dead. You have to teach me how to play that. I think I have Le- to do Le- the actual Le- story Le- mode one first. Or two. 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 Excellent. Well, we can play that. Okay. I have to do story not, mode so I know what I'm doing. It's not hard. Okay. You just shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're good with like a mouse or something. Yeah. Yep. I'm good at shooting stuff. Are you, are you sure? I, I don't know. It depends how quickly the stuff moves, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're boned then. Um. (laughs) No. Thank you to Dragonitis, and uh, maybe you'll come back and we'll talk about Left 4 Dead. That'd be fun. Yes, that that would be fun. Zombies and stuff. Yeah. And back to our interview with Josh, where he's going to ask me some questions about the I guess founding days, early days of the gray area, and some of the stuff you might not know about the podcast. A special, as he says, Genesee Unplugged uh, little bit here for everyone. We have Josh or Alan, who's going to interview me for a change, and uh, we'll see what he has in mind, because I really don't know. It'll be a surprise. Yeah. So, wow, this, this seems kind of backwards, because normally you're <laughs> sitting in the interview chair, and usually you're <laughs> the one interviewing me, or you're interviewing somebody. Now, this seems kind of backwards. Wow, what happened today? God. I know, it's scary, Josh, because I always know all the questions, and I have everything written down, and now it's like, you could just ask me anything, and I could I could be an idiot. <laughs> just, just remember, now, no one ignores the Spanish Inquisition, okay? So if I ask you a question, you have to you have to answer me. Oh, I won't ignore it, nor expect it. Just just be careful now, because you can disappear if you, if, if you don't answer my questions. Now, I'll make sure the CIA, <laughs> your, your friends in the CIA, come and get you. And <laughs> You will not return me to the location that you took me from, is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. And folks, by the way, this woman is a CIA agent. Okay, <laughs> why I say this is because about an hour ago, I was looking outside my window. Okay, and uh, I saw smoke signals about a mile from my house, or whatever it was, kind of signaling me. It's like, okay, Josh, it's time to get on. Whatever it was, and lo and behold, about an hour later, she messes me on Skype. So you know, she she has her resources. Don't mess with her. <laughs> I'm she stealthy like that. She's really good. I, I I have no idea how she gets from Puerto Rico to wherever she lives <laughs> in about an hour, but she's got to have some connections or something, or she's got to have some people working for her. So just remember, she's very dangerous. <laughs> okay, so let's start this off here. So pretty much what I want to do is just kind of you know do an interview thing for the one-year anniversary of the gray area. Yay! Time flies, doesn't it? Oh, I, yes. I remember I remember let's if we wind back the clock about a year. I remember you just kind of starting it up and 
Yeah, things do change. And I remember, uh, too, how you were so aggressive about, oh, i got to keep the podcast under 15 minutes. I can't have, I can't, I can't have it over 15 minutes long. People are going to say it's too long. And then, progressively, as time has went on, the podcast has gotten longer and longer and longer. I know. It's like Robert Jordan's novels, Josh. Uh, you know, I just took the editor off, and here we are. I remember the first podcast I think we did together was you and Scott, right? And uh, it was... I mean, it was was it you and Scott or you and Bada Boom? No, it was, was Bada, and yeah. remember, no one was supposed to be in it too, but I think he actually ended up on the cutting room floor, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, and it was over an hour and a half of, of recorded footage, and I decided for some reason that it had to be 15 minutes. It was the most editing I've ever done on anything. I don't know why I was thinking that. Well, yeah, for some reason you thought that all podcasts had to be on 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't there, know There was some, some rule somewhere that says... Any podcast under fi- over fifteen minutes long is no lo- is not worth listening to. So we got to cut this. We got to cut. cut. <laughs> <laughs> then I discovered the instance and realized that you know we could go to two hours and no one will will complain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! How time will ch- how times have changed. Okay, so my first question for you is is so let's talk about let's talk about how you became Genesee Gray. What what, what kind of gave you the idea to kind of put on the Genesee Gray? persona did you just wake up one day and figured i want to become this person and make a great <laughs> podcast or let's 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 kind of talk about that well i was looking for names because initially the first few episodes of the podcast was an advice podcast and people mm-hmm. were supposed to be writing on gaming relationship advice not necessarily romantic but just having issues with their guilds or people that were uh, having issues with other players or had things mm-hmm. they wanted to to get some help on so that was initially the first few episodes and so i was looking for a name for the podcast and i thought well the gray area really fit uh Mm-hmm. The, kind of the concept of what I was going with. And I thought, well, it doesn't have anything to do with me, but Gray would be an awesome last name. And cause I love Gray's Anatomy as well. So I thought, Hey, Gray is an awesome last name. I want that. So I picked that as the last name. And then just Genesee was just something, uh, I came up with. I think it might have been one of my tunes in some game that I played, or it was just Maybe a random. Wow. And yeah, probably from WoW. And I ended up taking that. It was different enough that I thought people would remember it, but not so wacky as my own real name uh, that people are going to go, what? How do you say that? What? <laughs> yeah. So Genesee Gray it became. And it was also kind of a method of freedom, I'd say, because I can be a little bit shy personally and and... I'm not used to, at the time, I wasn't used to speaking in front of large groups of people, but there's an aspect to me that's totally the opposite and very extroverted and very out there and wild and crazy. And having kind of an alias as Genesee Gray was a way for me to to be all the fun parts of myself and all the parts that, uh, you know, I can let myself be the very best of me so, as Genesee so Gray. kind of like a two-in-one kind of thing. That's right. Body both. One of the neat things about that is I think over time I've become more Genesee Gray then I have my technical real birth name. Um, that's the name I really identify with most, and I think it's the thing that really fits me the best. It's kind of liberating being able to choose your own name and, uh, and kind of reform yourself in some ways, and uh, I really like being Genesee. Well, uh, I have a question. another question for you. Is how, how did you start on the podcast track? I mean, what made you decide to do it? Well, I was at a point in my life where I needed to find a permanent job and something that I really loved. And I, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Uh, I was a graphic designer, and I wanted to do something a little different because I had done that for a while, and it wasn't really something that I was passionate about. So I wanted something that you know I could really get behind and say, this is the, w- the direction I want to take my career in the future. 
And I had started listening to some podcasts, uh, some of the early, early ones, like The Instance and Analog Hole and some other stuff like that. And I thought, you know, I love to talk. People love to talk to me. I could completely do this. And so I thought I'd give it a, a try and see if I could try it for myself and incorporate gaming, which I was also addicted to at the time, into it. Still are. And still are, yeah. You, you, you can't put down the sky crack now. I know. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I thought I'd give it a try. The goal was to help some of my friends who were having those issues with uh, with each other, and it seemed like a lot of people in Edward of Warcraft at the time is what I was playing. A lot of people in my guild were having conflicts and definitely needed some advice, and I thought this could be a little more widespread than my guild. So I thought I'd do the podcast to help them out, and also to get myself in a position where eventually I could have a job in the gaming community or some sort of social, you know, community manager, something of that nature. And that's always been the goal for me. It's I want a job. <laughs> yeah, well, for a while there, it seemed like you, you did have quite a few people writing in. I remember, wasn't Dylan one of the people that actually wrote <laughs> Yes, he was one of the first people, actually. About the, um, I can't remember what it is anymore, because it's been so long ago. I think it was something about the his friends stealing the, the money or taking yeah. something out of the guild bank. Wasn't that it? Yep, they had a joint guild bank. Yeah, well, t- time flies. Well, Going from that, I remember you talking a while back to me about how you've kind of had to shift the podcast a little bit away from that because you haven't had people writing into you. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it seems like a lot of the people that initially had the issues kind of wrote in the first couple episodes, and and we talked about it, but they were shorter episodes, and I thought I needed a little bit of something different in there as well. So I mm-hmm. started to get really uh, excited about researching, and I'm kind of a research freak, so I I started finding out about the developers who made the games I loved, and I thought, wow, I'd really love to talk to them and find out their inspiration for stuff. And then I ended up having, uh, I'm not even sure who my first developer was, I'll have to look. I ended up having uh, some of them on and some of the community managers. I know I had Tryon, might have been one yep. of the first, from uh, Cindy Here. Bowen's. Your buddy Manveer from Bioware. Oh yeah, Manveer. And the more I talked to them, the more I thought, wow, this is really great, I really want to talk more to them and have other people on so that I can have that kind of surprising like we're doing right now where I never know what someone's going to say. Kind of a candid one-on-one right. kind of thing. I want to be James Lipton, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the other question I have for you is you know, Tinsy and your significant other, I'd like to ask you, how has your relationship evolved with him uh, as time has gone since you started the podcast? Has it been positive? Has it been negative in some ways? I think really positive. Uh, He's been a super big help. I mean, I don't acknowledge him nearly as much as I should, really, because he's got the technical know-how to really make this happen. I've learned to be a good producer and a good editor, and I've learned a lot about waveforms and a lot about audacity and -hmm. and recording and editing, but I don't really know a whole lot about secure effects, which I I do have to upload, and he's the one who always makes sure that he pushes everything uh, to feed burner, and he's the one who always makes sure that, uh, you know, it gets to iTunes, and it gets, it does its magic getting to iTunes. Let me guess, he's the man behind the curtain. He is the man behind the curtain, very much. All levers. Right, and anytime I don't have someone on, I'm I'm going, you know, Tinsy, and I don't have a guest, no one wants to talk to me. <laughs> he's the one like, I will come on your show and talk to you. He He's always the backup guy. He's ready yes. to fill the role. Yes, he is. And he he definitely deserves a huge thank you. He, he does not get acknowledged as much as he should. Well, what about your... Um, Hope you don't mind me asking this. How about your kids? Has that kind of helped at all either? Or they, they've kind of more or less been kind of stayed away from or been isolated from the podcast? 
I think the more I do this, the more I'm less nervous about having more of my true life identity kind of come out. Like in the very beginning, I was very nervous that, uh, right. I mean, I want to be Genesee Gray. I have nothing to do with my actual, uh, identity. I have an entire Facebook page, you know, for Genesee Gray, uh, and just kept them out of it because there are a lot of weirdos and stuff and you never know. Um, but I think as I kind of loosen up a little bit and, uh, and just realize everything's a little safer than I might've thought it was. And people are really warm and receptive and more trustworthy than, than maybe I thought as a super protective mom that I can kind of loosen up and, and talk a little bit more about my family and have an occasional picture out there and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I think as they get older, uh, I think they already want to do things like sound bits and, you know, we could have the town crier like on Scott Johnson's podcast. <laughs> I think they will get more involved as they get older because again, I do want them to be, uh, women gamers as well. They love to play video games and, you know, I'm raising the next generation of women gamers. I, I think they can be a part of things as they get what I consider appropriate age to do oh. that. Well, Janice said that the positive thing about them gaming is you don't have to worry about where they are. They are less than 100 feet away from you, somewhere in your house. Oh, I know, because yeah. they're screaming at each other. It's my turn. You've had 15 <laughs> minutes. Come on. <laughs> you know, yeah. And you have to go in there and break it. Hey, come on. Break it up. Come on. That's Stop. right. That's right. Next time you die, it's her turn. Next level, it's her turn. <laughs> okay. Um, another question I have for you. So let's talk about significant relationships you've made since you pretty much done or started the gray area. Do you have any of note you'd like to talk about? Have you, have you made many? Oh, yeah. Well, I know you, Josh. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know me, but we're not here to talk about me and you <laughs> about others because, you know, that's gloating. I, I don't want to do that. Oh, so. okay. Well, I think everyone knows I was fortunate enough kind of early on to to meet some of the ladies of Leet, specifically Kim, mm-hmm. who I haven't really had a lot of contact since, but she was really inspirational for me kind of as a beginning podcaster to see the ladies of Leet, and they had a really amazing female-driven podcast and kind of gave me the inspiration to know that I could do this too. And then the Geek Bits, uh, yep. Dave, Dave, Dan, Opie, Matt, uh, getting to know them and and having them kind of pop in and out of things mm-hmm. have been pretty inspirational for me. Uh, there's a lot of people I met in World of Warcraft that have been on and off the podcast, and some of which I've kept in touch with. Um, Scott, uh, I still yep. talk to you every once Buddy in a Scott. while. Yeah. Yep. And f- most recently, the Fried Dolls, which really have been it's kind of like super fangirling all over because they are amazing women gamers too. So lots of people really, um, just developers that I never would have in my wildest dreams imagined I'd get a chance to ask impudent questions to, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people get to talk to the creator of you know, Mass Effect or not the creator, but one of the senior designers of it? Well, it's, it's like trying to get a hold of the president. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to be really hard pushed to get a hold of someone like that. So I'm sure it's pretty kind of an honor in itself to kind of meet some high high level person like that and pick the brain more or less and say, well, how do you guys do this? What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Greg Kasavin, who, who with Bastion. Yeah. That was a really great interview. And he was so, they're just so kind. People really are really kind to just, you know, let me, let me interview them for, take a whole hour out of their night so I can talk to them. Well, I do got to tell you, this is just my personal opinion of you, Genesee, but I think you've, You've definitely matured and gotten a lot better compared to, say, some of your earlier episodes, which, you know, going looking back on it now, you were a lot more nervous, <laughs> whatever it is, which I'm sure even Tinzian will probably agree with me there. And now you've become a lot more open up, opened up, and uh, you're not really afraid to pull the punches, so to speak, and get out there and just ask the questions. I think you've gone a long way. 
So well, I have to say a thank you to our friend Rabbit a little bit for that because he's been really good about giving me tips kind of since the earlier episodes. And a lot of things he said have been really accurate and sometimes hard to hear. But one of the things is I was awfully addicted to music in the early episodes. Um, kind of felt like since I didn't have the blue ball mic and some of the other stuff that it hid a little bit of my mistakes, but that was a crutch I needed to give up. And I was glad to have gotten rid of that and kind of just went right for the voice itself. Well, you still do have the opening intro, uh, opening and exit though, right? Well, of course. Every movie has to have an intro, Josh. Wait, wait, so do podcasts. That's true. I, I guess you could do it without one, but that probably would be kind of weird. Just <laughs> it would be really here. weird. Be like, just, hello. Oh, I'm here. Oh. <laughs> right. Did you stumble into me? Hello. <laughs> no, that needs an intro and an exit. It feels complete that way. Yeah. Okay, well, th- this is a rumor I've heard now, but I heard something about how apparently you and Dave are running for uh, president and vice president of the United States. Now, would you like to kind of comment on this? <laughs> or confirm or deny? Uh uh, yes, yes, Josh, we are, because I want to institute my conservative plan for the nation. And uh, you know that I'm really political, and that I, I have some serious thoughts. Of, <laughs> no, no. Oh, come on. Although I, Dave I, would, he would, he is political, but I'm not. Well, speaking about Dave, you know, let's, let's talk about Dave Witt, your, your new co-host, because we all know you got a new co-host now, so let's... Let, let, let's kind of get some info on that. What made you pick him, bring him into the podcast, and stuff like that? Okay. Uh, I had met Dave uh, back when I first interviewed with the Geek Bits, and he was kind of the quiet one. And we ended up just IMing back and forth a little bit and found out that we have a whole lot in common and a lot of similar philosophies on podcasting. Uh, I guess I would call him like a businessman uh, in a lot of sense for podcasting. Um he has a plan, you know, he's inviting people, he's, you know, I'm the one with form letters, that, you know, I'm I'm sharing in my Google Docs the form letter for getting an interview, that sort of thing, like, we're, we're very similar in our organizational sk- uh, ways, I would say, and he's just a really sweet guy, uh, you know, he'd do anything for you, and just really, really a good friend, I would say, and we've only known each other, I mean, less than a year, I'd perhaps, but uh, he's just been an exemplary guy, and I've just been really proud to know him. So I thought, well, I'm looking for a co-host who has some experience, and, and he's had some experience writing uh, for gaming magazines. He was an interviewer and a reviewer of games, I believe. I'm not quite sure his story I'll ask again, but uh, my understanding was that he used to be in journalism a little bit, and he had a lot of contacts where he spoke to people and ended up writing reviews of games. And so he's got a lot of experience in that kind of area uh, with interviewing and with contacts, with getting people in and 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 such. So together, I think we work really well. He's he's more of the break it down to the technical and you know tell you how it works and be very accurate. And I'm more of the fairy flying around saying, "But let's talk about how you feel about your mother." You know, that sort of thing. So so more or less you guys play off each other in your own separate way. Yes. Make up for each other's faults if you want to. Well, yeah, I've met, as you know, we've had our discussions. I've met Dave several times, and to me he's a pretty awesome guy. And yes, you're right, he is politically active. God, he he actually makes me look kind of squeamish now that I've (laughs) talked to him. But uh, I really do hope that this venture uh, will work pretty good. You know, I, I think he, actually I think I've told you maybe on several occasions, he'd probably be the good person to to have you go with him because I have no doubt and I know you have a bromance with him Josh you're always saying bring that Dave on he's fun to talk to <laughs> you and your bromance I know well, well, I, 
I like Dave. I like talking to Dave. I what's, know you what's do. Wrong with that? And it's only been like two or three times we've been on at the same time that you've had a chance to talk to him. Well, every well, okay. Well, so every time we're on, you know, you 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 try to talk to him, and he's uh, like, I guess he's messaging Skype, whatever. Oh, I got to eat. <laughs> and like in like two hours later, he's still not back. It's like, <laughs> damn it, Dave. He eats a lot. What can I say, Dave? Okay, next question. Uh, this 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 one I've wanted to ask you for a while. I've been kind of rolling around in my head, but I want to ask you how much footage, if I can use the term, has been actually cut from you know the gray area podcast and has been left on the cutting room floor. How, how much have you had? Have you you know kind of kept, but it's been never really officially used. Do you have quite a bit or not that much? When I initially record, the program that I use to get things off of Skype and into a format that I can use records things in video clips. Mm -hmm. So I have all of those initial video clips from every single podcast that I've done with everyone. And I've kept them since the beginning. And then from those video clips, I convert them into uh, an mp3 and then i drag them into audacity stuff right and edit them so i have the initial video clips from everything i've thrown away some of the the mp3s and other things because they're stored on my site but i do have all the initial video the base clips clips that make everything else yes i keep all of those well how much of it have you actually cut over the over the past year i mean from the from the final recording i mean because like like when i've done uh tech talk i mean i Normally, I don't really cut anything out. Uh, sometimes, like I'll redo a take because I didn't like how I said something, or I'll have to edit something for pacing. But for when you do it, the thing is, is there's a lot of stuff. Like, well, I know for a fact you do edit stuff out because some of the stuff we've done, some of the stuff doesn't make it into the final right. cut that people listen to. But is there a lot that you actually do edit out and never makes it into the final cut, or for the most part, a lot of the stuff that is recorded makes it into the final version that people listen to less and less gets edited uh the more i do the podcast because i feel a little more comfortable just letting it all fly you know in the beginning early on uh, i was very editing intensive right now uh if you and i do something like this interview right now or when we did the blind man's playthrough (laughs) which was a lot longer than what people heard right that was a lot longer but i did cut that that wasn't it like about an hour and 15 or 30 minutes? It was. Yeah. It was somewhere around an hour, and I ended up cutting that down to about 10 or 15 minutes just because it was <laughs> it was a clip. Um, yeah, but for the most part, when I record and I'm having just a regular conversation with someone, the things that I will edit are, uh, and a lot of this happens in my other podcast, D4, as well. If someone goes, um, and people do that sort of thing, uh, then I will cut that out. Or if I use the word... So, which is one of my crutches. So, so, yeah, I will edit that out. Um, and it does take me about an hour to, you know, the entire length of recording to edit things, and then I'll listen to it a second time. So that part I do edit, but uh, not a lot of the content gets edited anymore. I pretty much just let it be. So when you edit, so I want to, I have another question for you based on the kind of the editing. So when you edit, I mean, the way I do it is that normally, like, I have my base material, which I record, and then I do like kind of like two steps of editing. First, I have like I kind of record all my parts and I edit it together. Then I once I have the complete piece and I go back over to second round. Do you kind of do the same way or how do you do it? Well, a lot of podcasts, the recent ones, have different clips of different things in it where I will have a music bumper between the two and then I'll put the new thought in there. Um, 
the day of the podcast that I that it comes out Tuesday, I usually do record little intros like Skaggy the Poet will send me uh, an MP3 of his Get the Girl and I'll have to record a little intro saying, you know, welcome to Skaggy and, and then thank you to Skaggy. So I'll record that the day of and put that in. Um, the hardest thing about that is like right now, right now I didn't sleep a lot last night and I sound like I've been smoking like three packs of cigarettes and I'm like, you know, I have two, <laughs> you, you, two you vodka bottles. I'm like, <laughs> like old lady. <laughs> and when I go back, to, you know, in the next, in the next three days, I'm going to re- be recording quite a few clips for this, uh, this episode because we have a lot of people coming back to say hi. And I'm sure that they'll be like, you know, on Friday, I'd be like, hi, and welcome to the gray area. And then today I'm like, Arr! so that is hard to match your voice quality between the two days. That's the hardest part. You have to have like, you know, similar levels yeah, of a, sl- a slight disparity. Yes. Yes. You can't be like, hello, welcome to the gray area. And today we're going to, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, I, I that, that's kind of why I go back and I record stuff. So I was kind of wondering if you did the same thing or if you just kind of just did it all in one go and just kind of leave it as it is. Well, I'm a very big, like I said, researcher, and I love to have people on that I can just go and indulge my creep on and like t- research their Twitter, research their blogs, research their Facebook, research the Wikipedia, research any websites they have, and just you know find out all the stuff about them. So Put a I bunch can, of facts together. Absolutely. And then I create an entire Google document, which is usually two pages long, where I say exactly what I want to say in the podcast. I have it all written down because I I don't like uh, improv if I can mm. not help it. Um, I, I like to be prepared. So I have that Google Doc, which I've now shared with Dave, and I pretty much uh, read it quickly, but I change the way I say it so I don't sound like I am reading like a drone. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that way I don't have those moments where I say, oh, I really should have phrased that better because I've already thought about it way ahead of time. Well, speaking on that note, this is kind of related to that one. Um, looking back on it now, I wanted to ask you: ha- Have there been really good episodes uh, that you re- are really you, some of your best ones that you really like or really hate, <laughs> or, or really proud of, or you thought, "No, I, I did a really terrible job. I could have done a lot better with that." Or uh, I think, like I said, the Greg Kasavin interview for Bastion. I-, I was pretty proud of how how we gelled and how open he was to answer a lot of those questions. I feel like the Shadow Cities episode with Phil Vesternin, um, uh, he had a lot to say, and I was kind of fangirling on him at the time. <laughs> so we, we repeated a lot of things that had already been kind of covered in other questions. So I didn't think that was the best interview on my choice, but I don't think that was his fault, and I hope people still enjoyed it. But, but yes, there are ones that I feel like I have better kind of flow with people and uh we have a little more empathy uh, maybe connection that we can kind of uh, go back and forth a little easier where it's not so much on my notes we just kind of the questions come naturally in what we're talking about and would there be if you could go back and do something differently would would there be any of the podcast you'd go back and say no i would tweak this or i would just kind of rephrase this question differently or there's not too much of that that goes on in your head mm. There are questions that I ask where I am not sure how it's going to be taken, uh, and it could be taken in a very insulting way, and I don't intend that. Uh, I did ask a question or two to Manvir Air about race that I thought could be really interpreted badly if I if I was not careful with my wording, um, and such. And and I did ask the Frag Dolls, um, you know, if if they were considered if they considered themselves or felt like they were considered by other people booth babes and and what they mm-hmm. felt about that which is pretty controversial i thought um but people generally know me by halfway through the interview and we have 
pretty good understanding that I'm out to make people look good. Um, I'm out to find out things about them and, and to share them. And I'm not out to, to, you know, stab them and make it like a, you know, scene from 2020 or something, you know, <laughs> I'm not, and I wanted to bring out your mother and tell you about the awful things that happened in your childhood. No, I'm not. It's not like Jerry Springer. You know, I'm not out to, to, to get people. I just want to share their stories. So no, most people don't have issues with questions I ask. So, so basically you don't have too many regrets and about pretty much what's been done. You're, Mostly happy with all the cuts and stuff you've done, and I mean that questions are not not necessarily questions too. I was I'm talking mostly like the whole episodes you've done. No regrets. Um, I think the only regret I have is there's an episode with Volition. There was an interview I had with Jameson Durrell and Daniel from Australia, mm-hmm. and I was told afterwards that I came off a little bit like um, sarcastic or that I was making fun of during that interview. Mostly it was because of my rapport with Daniel, where I always have sort of a like sarcastic kind of tongue-in-cheek, mm-hmm. oh, Daniel, that kind of thing. And and I had I had heard you know one person say that they thought that I was um, – kind of coming off that way to Jameson, and I, I hope that's not how it came off. But that's, an, that's a regret I have if it did come off that way, because that was not my intention to to make him feel like I was, uh, I, I don't know, sarcastic kind of to him at all. Prick? Yeah. <laughs> well, just say it then, Josh. Well, no. <laughs> yes. you were there, not me, so. <laughs> yes, that was not how I was feeling at all. So if that's how it came off, I, I would be regretful of that. But again, it was one person, so I don't know. This kind of goes off in the real, more real world territory, but we've kind of talked about this. I think it's somewhat a little bit important. But I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about this whole thing that's going on right now with the battle over censoring the internet in regards to SOPA and everything else? How do you how do you feel about that, Jenna? Say, do you, do you kind of support it, or do you have a vehement uh, you're, you're against it? If you don't mind me asking you this question to you, I feel like the concept is a good concept where we want to stop piracy and we want to make sure everybody that's an artist gets their their rightful cut of the work that they've created. I think that's a, a noble goal. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think the actual wording of the document uh, and the bill to have that happen is not specific enough to ensure that the people that are going to take advantage of that in in the media are not going to use that, to misuse that, is what I want to say, uh, to basically have absolute dictatorial uh powers to shut down any site that dares to to rise up and say something against them. And I feel like at this point, the internet is somewhere where you can say, you know what, I, I really don't agree with what you have to say. I'm going to use my freedom of speech and I'm going to say that, uh, you know, this huge giant company isn't really all that. And me, the little guy, is going to step up and say, you know, hey, you mistreated me and here's why. If you give the big giant company the option to point their finger and shazam blast that little guy just for something that they've said, I feel like this bill could be used to do that. I feel like uh, it could be used to create a super big monopoly on some things, and I feel like it needs to be worded differently. I am supportive of the artist's right to be paid, for sure, but I, I don't think uh, the bill that's currently PIPA or SOPA are, are the way that it should be done. Or ACTA. Yeah, I... um. The thing that always concerns me with the government is that, you know, I always think that, you know, there is no goal to make sure that, like you just said, that the, uh, it doesn't matter if the people making the movies, making music, or hell, even what you're making, you know, make sure they get uh, promptly rewarded for their work. But at the same time, I have a feeling that this whole thing is just a guise to where, say, okay, piracy is the real enemy here, but at the same time, you know, it's like okay, well, we 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 could we could say piracy is the enemy is right now. Let's 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 just put the crosshair on that. But then down the road, it's kind of a question of okay, well, 
so piracy, let's say you kill piracy and you're never going to kill it. I, I don't care. It says it. It's always going to be around till till we cease to exist as a species. And then I feel eventually then, you know, once that is kind of out of the, the public eye or whatever, is in people, then whoever's going to say, okay, well, I don't like so-and-so because it's saying bad things about me or my religion or this business or whatever it is. And so let, let's censor that because I don't like that. And to me, that that's the slippery slope to where, okay, once it starts there, you know, where does it stop? That's exactly what I'm saying. Very true. And I think it's also going to create this kind of seedy matrix underbelly where all you really have to do is enter the IP to get to the, the blocked yeah. domain anyway. So everybody's going to just become a, a new version of hacker. Yeah, it, it, so the thing is, it doesn't really solve the actual problem. Like you said, if you just want to address it by IP address, because that's the that was the whole point of DNS for those of you who are not technically inclined. You know, whenever you say you enter msn.com into the web browser, you know, the whole system was designed to where you don't have to know 12.3.4 or 192.168.whatever, you know, to know the website. DNS handles all that for you. But, you know, then they want to make it to where, oh, well, you know, you're basically almost criminalizing, you know, just, uh, I don't know if I really want to say this. To, to me, you're, you're criminalizing something that shouldn't be criminalized. To, to me, it's just kind of, it's a really stupid idea, or it's just a crusade to shut down information. Mm-hmm. That's the way I would I would say it, but. Well, also, you would have to ask Tinsian, who pretty much maintains the uh, structural integrity of the Internet, that if you have this happen, that DNS is going to collapse and we're going to have all sorts of problems that I am not technical enough to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Um, now that you have a new co-host, Dave Witt, I want to ask you, what should we expect in the future? Uh, where, do, where do you want the podcast to go? Who would you like to have on? you want to kind of shed some light on that a little bit? Uh, pretty much where we're going right now is just I'm trying to loosen up a little bit and have a little more fun. I think hopefully if you've l- listened in the last couple episodes, you've seen that uh, things have been kind of reporter style, I'd say, since the beginning where I'm trying to have a little more fun. I'm trying to have a little more silly clips, a little more laughter. I want people that are listening to it to enjoy themselves and laugh at work. Uh, I want to share the gaming news and, and to give people... Uh, in-depth stories behind the games, but I also want them to laugh. So I'm, I'm trying to work a little bit on lightening up, having a little bit more fun. Uh, I do want to have some more interviews in the future, and now that I have Dave on board, we may branch out a little, and Dave has lots of interests outside of gaming, and we may have some loosely tied to gaming guests. Uh, I know that Raven Gregory is, is, is someone that Dave really enjoys, uh, who is Xenoscope comics and we may end up having him on just to to talk a little bit about his artistic style and and some things that are tied to gaming like i think anime comics cosplay are kind of tied to gaming so i may find people that play one or two games and have them on talk about that and also talk about what they do so we may branch out just a little bit uh for dave's sake as well and hopefully uh, more of the same but a little more fun yeah well uh from my understanding didn't you do podcasts uh, or excuse me yeah uh, cosplay in the past? Did yes, kind of I have had an episode, yep, yep. Tony was on, and he talked about his cosplay, and uh, BlizzCon, he had gone to BlizzCon for it. Okay, well, finally, the final question I have for you here, Jenna say, is when are we going to see the special edition? Because I'm waiting for the day that we see the edition in 5.1 surround sound with lightsabers and ships blowing up and a Death Star in the background. When are we going to have that? Do you have an ETA on that, George? Because you I know really- what, Josh? Just for you... That's what this is going to be. This is going to be the Gray Area Special Edition, and I'm going to put some lightsabers in there for you. You will see your dream realized. Bam! Wish granted. Yeah, we're going to have lightsabers and blasters in the backgrounds of X-Wings flying by. Absolutely. It is the one-year anniversary. We can do whatever we want. 
Obviously, I have replaced Josh because I felt that I needed to get another voice talent. I needed somebody who was a little faster and more intense, a little uh, a little different uh, replacement. So, so I have enlisted Tinzian to dub over with exactness the questions posed by Josh for some of these in the interview. Yeah, baby. All right. <laughs> Yay. All right, now if you have some of your own questions, Tinzian, before we get back to the to the Josh main questions, I do. Uh, would the Mass Effect series have as much draw to you um, with their story and design and everything else about them if there was not a relationship option available? I think so. Uh, I think in some ways I kind of equate Bioshock a little bit to Mass Effect. Uh, I still love the gameplay of Mass Effect. Bioshock has a little bit less interaction. I mean, there, there's you're kind of being led by the hand, almost literally, through Bioshock. There's a great story there, but there's not a lot of personal choices or personal interaction um, until you get to the very end uh, with Bioshock. And Mass Effect, I think, is different in that you have the interactions with the NPCs and you can make different romantic and otherwise different choices that affect the game. Uh, but if you had taken those choices out, I would feel just... Not just as, but I would still love Mass Effect. I think the story, the the space, the piloting of the ship, the whole different races that you encounter, uh, the modeling of the characters and the way they look, um, and the overall epic story of of your you defending the Earth from these kind of interstellar invaders that have been ancient and been there before is kind of an amazing story. So I, I would still love Mass Effect. I would maybe not be as emotionally invested in Mass Effect as I am because of those relationship options where I care a little bit more about my party members if they die or if uh, I make a choice that has one of them end up getting killed in a mission. I, I take that much more personally because we've had those little chats throughout the game, I would say. Okay. Now, since you are getting into multiplayer recently, I have one uh, last question. Mm-hmm. If you were playing with Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave, in a multiplayer Magicka game, what would be your ideal way of killing him off by quote unquote accident? <laughs> Magicka, wow! It's been a while since I've played Magicka. Well, usually, what happens to me uh, when I'm with a party and there's there's a boss, and this happens even in Skyrim, I have to say. Um, if I go up and I try to hack at that boss, sometimes if I look left or right too quickly and my partner's next to me, they'll end up getting a little bit of, you know, a slice or two on the side, I'd like to say. So in Magicka, you have a distance and you have the fire and the lightning and things you could do distance, but I don't think I could pull that off as an accident, I don't think. If there was some sort of an AOE effect that I could throw down, that would be mm-hmm. probably how I would go. I would, uh, yeah, I'd throw some sort of... A, a AOE lightning effect or something like that and just forget that he was close enough to be within range, probably. So, so you'd go with sort of a lightning over the, the classic fire or uh, <laughs> crunchy earth sort of deal? Uh, yeah, I like the the longevity of the burning of the fire, okay. but uh, I think the lightning's a little more impressive. I mean, okay. if you're playing, he's playing and he's looking at his screen all of a sudden, flash! And that's a little more impressive on his side. Keep, keep, keeps your use complex uh, well slated. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Genesee. 
Thank you, Tinzian, for filling in. It's my voiceover for today. Janice, I do have a question for you, though. The thing is, are we going to be doing maybe another one next year? Well, hopefully, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm a big birthday person. I like to celebrate birthdays. And, uh, and this is the birth of Genesee Gray. So in some ways, it's my birthday. My real birthday is in March, but this, this is Genesee Gray and the Gray Area's birthday. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yay. Okay. Well, to play off that, uh, if we're going to do another one next year, I think I'm going to need to have you and Dave. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. So we can talk about, you know, what's happened over this, well, supposedly the world's going to end this coming. Uh, <laughs> that's at, right, like, I forgot. December twenty second or whatever, which I, I don't think it's going to end. I think that's a bunch of crap. But uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that you know next year comes around. You know, I do need to get you and Dave together, and we can get together and kind of reminisce on this. Hopefully, this good year is going to be coming ahead, and such. Mm-hmm. lots of new uh, new plans for the future. I have a lot of a lot of good things I'm seeing. Top secret plans, by That's the way. That's right. She, top she can't talk about. <laughs> top secret. Well, if we're still here next year, I'll, I would like to do that. If not, then we can leave this for posterity. Yep, for the future aliens or whoever decides whoever to come, decides. come after us. <laughs> right. Very good. Thank you for doing this. And, uh, oh, it's, we'll move on. Oh, no problem. I just wanted to do it because I appreciate your work. I admire you. And I hope this coming year will be even better. Now let's say hello to our friend from the DDO Cocktail Hour. Beep, beep, this is Samus Watch. We're about to talk to Samus Grobo, and you know things will get inappropriate. So if you have small children sitting on your lap or listening, now would be a good time to cover their ears. And popping in to be with us today is the famous Samus Gorobo. <laughs> well, I like the there. sound of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of famous Samus Gorobo. Yes. Can I get Internationally a known. <laughs> Wait, world, famous. <laughs> world famous. World famous. Well, since you've joined us for the show, I want to ask you what your favorite gaming moment is. We've heard from several people, and uh, I'm curious. What is the Samus gaming moment? Oh man, you know that's that's funny. I guess anytime I I cap an alt, you know, I feel that's pretty good, but uh okay, that I don't know right. if I if I were to nail it down, uh a friend of mine a few years ago, we were all playing and something really horrible was going on and I was screaming at the mobs over Mike. And at one point in time, I called one of the mobs a penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what I didn't know is one of my buddies who was there uh, in the group with me, and I screamed it over Mike conveniently enough, mm-hmm. uh, he had a tendency to play with his four-year-old daughter on his lap. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he, he had an open mic- microphone. So <laughs> the next thing I hear is, Daddy? Did he just say penis? <laughs> and uh, he comes back, scientifically, dear, scientifically. He meant it scientifically, so it's okay. And she goes, so penis is scientific? Oh, it was great. It was, it was probably 25 minutes of rolling around. So basically, anytime I curse now and he's in the group, I stick scientifically at the end of it uh, <laughs> just to be on the safe side. There you go. That would be a fun explanation when he got off mic, I'm sure. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. So. Get back on. Yeah, don't say that around the kids again. I, that took trying to explain that. <laughs> it's you're lucky. It was just that. It could have been worse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. A numerous other times that she could have heard over overheard bad things. <laughs> That's kind of his fault, not really yours, right? Uh, well, usually he puts like a, a child safety warning in the in the chat, so he could have typed something in there, and I wasn't paying attention. But okay. I like yeah. that stuff, though, because that's the bonding group stuff that, like you said, from now on, scientifically, is your, is your keyword. That's right. That's right. It's like begging for forgiveness and making it okay all at the same time. There you go. I have a friend who used to date really questionable girls that would uh, end up in really bad situations. Like, one of them uh, ended up, like, passed out in, like, a drug house and, like, came home, like, early the next morning. And, and <laughs> he kind of shrugged it off, and he's... She said, well, who hasn't been there? And that's been the catchphrase like in our conversations ever since. Whenever anybody does anything really stupid, well, who hasn't been there? Passed out in a crack house at like 2 a.m.? No. No. I had a, an acquaintance who overheard a conversation about uh, group sex, and she butted in and started yelling at the people, don't knock it until you try it. So for a long time, that became one of those catchphrases as well. <laughs> Don't know. No, yeah. So yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Okay. Well, anything new in your world? I know um, you're best known for Didio Cocktail Hour, but I haven't really. The last episode, a new one came out recently, but I hadn't had a chance to listen to it yet. And I was wondering how Circle, Circle Jerk is going and how that's going. What's new? Uh, well, yeah, we taped a uh, a Christmas episode where Lessa basically announced that. She's willing to come back on a sporadic, sporadic uh, schedule. And we mm. taped a show probably two weeks ago. And and Ed, Lessa is the editor, and it still hasn't come out yet. So <laughs> I, I, This I is think, what happens when you give her all the power. <laughs> I think editing also is going to be done sporadically, so okay. it's okay. Um, Circle Jerk, we just released episode two, which we taped in... Uh, October maybe no Thanksgiving and it just came out so I can't blame her too much but it's it's doing well um, if you wanted to get a copy you would just PayPal cocktails at ddococktailhour.com you know any little tribute would be great you know as little as a dollar I think PayPal takes uh, I've had several really positive donations all of the uh, the funds generated from the sale of the cocktail or the the circle jerk will go to uh, that same friend, in fact. Uh, he's having some family issues. So all the money from, all the proceeds is going to, to help him out in this situation. Well, that's nice. He uh, can protect nice. his children from scientifically hearing any more words with that money. Exactly. <laughs> so Save it's doing the children. Good. Uh, we, had, we had a pretty good group of people this time. We have uh, Jerry Schnook once again. We had Skaggy the Poet and uh, Michael Sr., uh, we're all on, of course, myself, and we talked about a lot of books, including uh, The Shard Axe by Marcy Rockwell, uh, the DDO book, as it were, and it's possible to win a copy if you buy and listen to the show. Okay. A signed copy. Okay. Personalized, even. I, I'm trying to convince her to put a little stick figure of people humping, but I don't know if she's going <laughs> to <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Yes. Yes. Nice. Personalize that correctly. So, 
Otherwise, things are doing really, really well. DDO is about to get a a couple of really important expansions, I think. Or oh, I updates. know, I know. We're going to have Jerry on next week, actually, and talk to him about some of that stuff. And then in a couple weeks, when the official expansion comes out, the lovely Tolero has agreed to come on and talk to us about that. So, wow, you got both the big wigs. <laughs> yes. It's been a long time. I have to see if they're returning my phone calls yet. Now that we got the show going again. There you go. They they stopped returning your phone calls. What did you do? Uh, I, I bet I, you I sent them humping stick figures. I couldn't. I couldn't say over Mike what I what I may or may not have done. <laughs> the fact that you could not say that over Mike scares yeah. me. Considering yeah, right. what we've already talked about. So good. Beautiful. Well, thanks for coming on the show and updating us. I'm sure everyone always gets curious. You know. Want to know where the former guests that were on are and what they're doing now? So good to know. Well, I'm still on DDO just like always. So, and of course, you can download any of the old episodes at ddococktailer.com or the new one. And hopefully, we'll have another one any day now. Yeah, I want to listen to the one I didn't get a chance to yet. Good. Well, that was fun. Okay, now, do you have anything else that you would like to talk about as we get ready to close here, Dave? Not really. I mean, the pretty much, I, I guess I could go through my favorite gaming moment. Yeah, uh, I didn't even ask you, duh. Yeah, you were just like, going to just let me go off and not talk about it. Oh, well, thank um, you for catching me. <laughs> um, I, I think the, the, the my favorite gaming moment out of everything that I've played, and I've played a lot, I mean, all the way back to the Atari 2600, Commodore 64, all that stuff, um, I think the most fun that I've ever had playing a game has been when I actually met up with Dan, Tim, Matt, Opie, um, all the guys from from the Geek Bits and the other uh, and other friends that uh, that aren't actually on the show, um, but they're all friends through each other. Um, I started playing World of Warcraft on their server, mm-hmm. and I had played World of Warcraft and I done I had done uh, pickup groups and stuff like that. But when I actually started playing with them and did the Tin Man of uh, Karazhan the first time. And actually going through and, and I'd done, like I said, I'd done pickup groups, but I never did the whole Ventrilo mm-hmm. Skype thing. Actually getting on uh, Ventrilo with them and listening and actually being able to talk to each other while we ran this instance mm-hmm. was so, inc- so much fun. It was, and, and like I said, they, they had all done it numerous times and I had never done it. And I'm going through and I'm like just running out of <laughs> little me, red riding dying and everything else. Yeah. And that was the coolest part was getting to the end where you had the, the big bad wolf and you had all the different, all the different fairy tale type endings to this thing. It was just so, so much fun. And I mean, we played like dungeon defenders and stuff like that. And it's a lot of fun, but it's getting that group of people together. And being able to talk and work together as a team to get through these instances and stuff was just, it's, it, it, the, it's just, it can't be described. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. 
Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. A big thank you, as always, to Dave and to all the people on Facebook who've been so nice to actually, you know, the Twitter and the Facebook friends who've sent us the MP3s and taken a chance to record themselves to be on the show. Very cool. Excited about that. We'll be, uh, I've actually got a few things uh, that we'll be uh, trying to figure out little games or or whatnot to uh, to give away some movie posters and and just other odds and ends stuff that uh, that we'll, that I might pick up from here or there and uh, we'll we'll throw it up on the on the Facebook page and and tweet it out and let people know that uh, that we're going to have something like this and yeah. try to uh, try to pa- pass along to all your friends have them listen and uh, and message us on Facebook or uh, Twitter and then uh, we'll uh, we'll let you know what's going on from there so very good. Uh, if you want to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, where Dave will also post and read, or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, email us your questions, advice, or suggestions to Gray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week with a new episode. <laughs>